Holy Week, of course, is a special season for all believers as we remember the glorious salvation that we have in Christ, our Lord and Savior. And of course, tonight is Monday, Thursday, that fateful night that we remember when Christ gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover. And yet that Passover was not going to be an ordinary meal that evening, for Christ was uh, gathering with his disciples, and he was preparing them for something that would come their way and hit them very hard. And so at that time, he was then ministering to them in love in a special way. And in fact, when we consider this section in the Gospel of John, we see high tension as we read this passage. So look with me now, if you would, stand as we read God's Word from John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going now, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of the Lord. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, that indeed your word is good and perfect. Help us by your spirit that today it would minister to us and that indeed we would be your ministers even this week. For your glory and honor, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So with these words, Christ, in a very challenging time, came to the disciples, wanting them to focus not on the drama and the confusion and the uncertainty that was happening all around them, but actually on his love. Much like what we're experiencing uh, even in these days, uncertainty, when we don't know what the future is going to bring, what tomorrow is going to look like. Christ wants us, even as he did that evening with the disciples, to focus on his love. And that's at the root of the main idea this evening, that if ever our fear blocks us from seeing the love of God in our own lives, we are to look to the why of his ministry. We are to look to the cross. For if there Christ conquered even death, how much more will he also not conquer even our fears? And there are two implications that I want us to see from this passage. First, that God's love shines in times of anxiety and fear. The beauty of Monday, Thursday is that Christ loved with his disciples, not only with words, but also with actions. And a powerful and humble action. Indeed, as we see earlier in chapter 13, he even washed the, the feet of the disciples. But consider, as he prepared to wash the feet of the disciples earlier in that chapter, and he looked around in that upper room, what did he see? I mean, he saw Peter, who would later deny him, and still he loved him and washed his feet. He also saw Judas, who would betray him. And yet he also loved him 
and washed his feet as well. So Jesus removes his garments. He grabs a bowl. He grabs a towel and kneels before them. And this wasn't just a mere act of symbolism, a metaphor. This was real. For in those days, uh, people that were walking with open sandals on unsurfaced roads, uh, eventually their feet would get caked with mud and dirt. So the custom was that if a good host would receive you in their home, uh, they would have water there provided so that you could wash your feet. And if you were so blessed, uh, he would provide a servant to do that for you. And many times if there was not a servant, uh, it, that job would fall to a woman or to a young boy. But that evening, Jesus was the host, and that was his house. And he would upend what service and what love would look like. And he went on and did something that no teacher would do in those days, something that uh, none of the disciples were inclined themselves to do even that evening. And he knelt before them and washed their feet, loving them. And even then, love was conquering fear. And then John provides this interesting detail of what happened next. Uh, for he says that at that moment, Judas departed quickly the room and he left. And then John says that night came in. He says, and it was night. And with that, John was announcing as if this darkness was falling over the place. Great fear. What was happening? And it is powerful even in that moment, even that detail, because John is announcing how with that exit, uh, the events that would lead to the death of Jesus were triggered then by Judas. And it is interesting that he would quickly exit because that reveals how he could not receive the love of Jesus. And of course, he could not receive the love of Jesus because he could not understand the why of the ministry. The cross would not make sense because he could not receive his love. He had no place for him. And so his fear will remain unconquered. So do you see the dynamic? If we do not grasp the why of his ministry, the cross, we will not be able to understand his love. And then the cross, Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, it will not make sense to us. And we will live this life with fears that are unconquered. But for us, the cross is indeed hope. For the gospel indeed cleanses of our sins, of our guilt, and our shame. But it also, like a lens, allows us to refocus every living moment of this life. Even as we live through this pandemic and its uncertainty and the fears that it brings about with it. It allows us to refocus and see things in a different light, in a different way. The cross also uh, cleanses from our own assumptions of how and when and upon whom God's love is able to work, even when we cannot see it. Now, we should not trivialize the fear that we feel uh, that others feel as if it was nothing. For Christ not only knew this was real, he felt it. And we know this from his own passion. He lived and he knew this very fear. But he also knew 
that the Father's love would conquer even that fear. So that brings us to this second and last implication. God's love indeed is the source and power of life. So much so that he made it into a commandment. In fact, he calls it a new commandment. He said that you love one another just as I have loved you. That you love one another as I have loved you. But is that really a new commandment? After all, it sounds old and ancient. That seems to be repeated in every religion, in every moral code known to man. But this is why it was new. It was new because Christ not only demanded, he not only just stated this thing, this law, he also lived it for us. He actually loved us in a way that no one else could. And it doesn't matter uh, Marx, Buddha, Confucius, no man could make that claim. Love others the way I have loved you. Because in Christ, love is a person. Love is not uh, just a commandment. It's a relationship. It's something that is inside of us. And if uh, in an age, in a time when people want to understand love in their own terms... If love is love, I ought to love the way I want to love. And I ought to be able to love whoever I want to love. But if there's a creator, as we learned from Christ, that defines love. So much so that even in, as we notice in the words of John, for John, love is not so much about how, but about who. Even as we read in his first epistle, John said the following, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's not about so much about how and my way, but it's about knowing God. It's about who. He continues, In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is made perfect in us. And that is powerful because he says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, there God abides in his love for us. So even when we don't see God, if we love one another, even in the midst of the fears of this pandemic and the uncertainty, God is visible through our loves. His love is visible through us. So to conclude, this world does not need us, need us to be a hero or to be an expert. It just needs us to be able to say, how much we have been loved by him. The question is, can we tell? Can we tell how good it is to depend on him? As John also told the churches, we love because he first loved us. And nothing astonishes this world more, this fractured world more, than a people committed to try to bring that love into our lives and to the life of our neighbors, 
even in the midst of this pandemic we're living through sacrificially, just as he loved us. So we must reach to our neighbors during this time of fearful isolation when people are feeling as the night has come upon their hearts. To pick up the phone and call our neighbor and say, my neighbor, this is me, your neighbor. I'm calling to check on you. I'm on my way to H-E-B. Do you need something from the store? Hi, this is your neighbor. I want to see how you're doing. I want you to know that I baked a pie for you, fresh out of the oven. I left it at your door. I hope you like it. And this is a gospel-saturated witness that can point in the gospel the glorious love of God. And so we should remember that if fear ever blocks our view of his love, we should remember that we can look to the cross where love swallowed fear. There is no fear in love, but love casts out fear. May the Lord bless his most holy and good word forever. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word that is good and faithful that it would bless us even at this time and this city where there is much fear to your glory, to the glory of the gospel, that we would know not only the forgiveness of our sins, but the deep and blessed love with which you have loved us. For we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.